Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Okay, so if you've been following along on TikTok, you know what's going on right now. I am like a TikTok felon, I think. I'm just in and out of jail, like every day. Like it doesn't matter. Like I'm in and then I'm out and then I'm back in, <laughs> back out again. Um, I'm on a five-day ban right now. Uh, actually, I was I was on a five-day ban when I started editing this podcast this morning. And then halfway through, a video that I had made that had been taken down for bullying had been restored because it wasn't bullying. And then my ban was lifted and I got out on time served. So I've had like, let me see, I think I've had like four or five 24 hour bans in the last like two weeks. And then um, I think three 48 hours. And I think one of those was, um, was ended early as well with time served and then a five day ban. So it's just, it's, it's getting a little ridiculous. It's getting a little, um, outrageous, I think, but I don't really know what else I can do about it other than just, um, using my backup account, which I had to make. Unfortunately, I was really hoping that I wouldn't have to do that, but I did have to do it. So I now have a backup account, which is Berta Like Woe 2.0. So you can find me there. Um, if you are following me on TikTok and you are noticing, oh, I haven't seen her in a few days. Most likely I'm on a ban. Um, and what is included on a five-day ban that I found out is like, I'm not even allowed to comment on stuff. So I can like things, um, but I cannot comment on things. So keep an eye out on the comments. My other account will comment to let you know where I'm at. It is just really crazy. And until either TikTok figures it out or I figure it out, we're just going to have to deal with this for a while. So I appreciate your guys' patience. I appreciate you guys going over to the, to the backup account and following me there um, just so that we keep updated and all of that. Um, another thing is... Um, while I was editing this episode, Eddie and I went on so many tangents. So this episode took me a little bit longer to edit. We really did talk about all kinds of different crazy things. I left in some of my favorites, um, because I love getting to know how real and authentic my guests are outside of their MLM element. This was a really interesting episode. While I was editing, two things came up in the episode that I now have more information on. Okay, so one was at the time of recording this, I mentioned to Eddie like how much we had grown. And I mentioned that we had 55,000 downloads at that time. Since then, we've almost doubled that and we are at 173,000 downloads. So I thought that was really interesting that I actually got to see my own growth through this um, just in casually mentioning where I was to my guests. Um, I believe. I interviewed Eddie um, either at the end of May or early June. I can't remember. Okay. And then the second thing is kind of a spoiler. And so I don't want to spoil it. But if you want to spoil it for yourself or while you're just following along during the podcast, 
Eddie tells a story about a patient that he had recently who was sort of pitching them his MLM scheme or so Eddie thought. And he comes to the realization of what it is. And we have this conversation and he's 100% right. But in learning more about the subsidiaries of these different MLMs and how they are all connected, what this guy is pitching is what Eddie said, but it's through a different MLM, which I learned about because of TikTok. So that's in the show notes. I thought that was really interesting. And I added that in there because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we already talked about this because I only learned about it a couple weeks ago. So, you know, MLMception, it happens all the time. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was something that we talked about on a live that I did on TikTok, which is another reason why you should get TikTok and follow me because we do fun live chats. (laughs) But it was something that I asked you guys on a live and it was, do you prefer shorter two-part episodes or would you prefer a longer one-part episode? I ask because it's easier for me usually to get two one-part episodes out than one long episode. But I know sometimes people would just rather sit and bench the whole thing. I know it doesn't really matter in the long run, but you guys said that you wanted longer episodes. I said anything that was under two hours, I would keep as a single episode and anything over two hours, I would break it up into multi-parts. Partially because it's so much work for me that my executive dysfunction starts saying, Roberta, that's like so much work. You should totally put that off until tomorrow. And then, you know, then I'm scrambling. And so I need to learn my own boundaries, learning more about my ADHD. Um, And so I think that this is sort of a good um, median that, that I think works for everybody. And as long as it still continues to work, then I'll continue to do that. Um, If you like this format, let me know, find me on TikTok, leave a message on Instagram, Um, Thank you so much for giving me the month of July off and giving me the grace to sort of find some center and relax a little bit and do some stuff that I needed to do. I really appreciate that, guys. You guys are amazing. Happy August. Welcome back to the show. Um, Those of you that have reached out about wanting to be on the show, Keep an eye on that inbox because I will be hitting you up soon. All right. I will be recording new episodes and I want to hear your story. So hit me up the real Roberta Blevins at gmail.com. All right. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we have another amazing special guest. So I would like to introduce you to Eddie Ariola, and he is going to talk to us about his time in the service-based MLM World Financial Group, which I'm so excited to learn about. So, Eddie, would you like to take it away? Hi. Yeah, um, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, um, Roberta. yeah, so World Financial Group, um, it's an insurance MLM. It's a life insurance and uh, I'm using air quotes, financial services MLM. Um, and it's it's a really unique kind of thing because they're not just like 
I mean, life insurance is a thing, financial services are a thing, but it also requires licensing. It requires a, a state board exam and each state has different things that you need to do in order to get licensed for insurance. So they have oversight, but what's really funny about them is not just, not just in insurance, but they, they take it to this whole recruiting level of that typical MLM, like bring people in to work under you and get that passive income. But what's really funny about that is insurance already has passive income because when you get a renewal, like, so for 10 years, I had Bowtie Financial Group. It was a, a property and casualty insurance agency. Uh, it, it's been in a few iterations because that's what I was trying to do with my life. And I am so glad I got out of that. So, so I, I still like when I sold my business, uh, I sold my book of business, my whole insurance thing to a friend who has a, a wonderful insurance agency in Tucson, Arizona. And I still get the occasional check from policies that renew. It's not that much, but I mean, Hey, it's like, it's a, it's a couple bills, maybe a, maybe a little fountain pen or a bow tie that I can grab. I don't know. So there's very real residual income in the insurance business. The problem yeah, is there that isn't... makes sense because I have to pay my premiums all the time. <laughs> exactly. And you want that, you want that residual income. You want those commissions because it keeps the agents engaged and calling you and saying, Hey, has anything in your world changed? Like, do we need to up your coverage? Do you, do you need to lower it for some bizarre reason? Like commission based stuff isn't isn't inherently bad until you get somebody who is going to abuse it. But, you know, talking about abuse anyway, it's an MLM podcast. <laughs> right. uh, the problem is there isn't really much renewal in life insurance because you pay that premium. The first year, most life insurance is going to be a term policy. So it's like 10, 15, 20, 25, 50 years, whatever term. It's for a term of time. World Financial Group, they start, when I was there, they started their agents. I use that term loosely. They called their, they called their reps agents. Um, they started them at, I think, like 10 or 15% commission. Uh, so if somebody, if somebody had, let's say, uh, I'm going to go with 100, $100 a year policy, they would get 10 to $15 of that. And then the next year, nothing. When I finally left there and I actually just signed up for every single, I, I basically offered every single policy that they had and more. And by and more, I don't mean like one or two more. I mean, they had like five companies that they repped. I ended up having about 70. The lowest on the same, on a, on a comparable product instead of having 10 or 15% commission, I would have like 85, 95%. And then the next year it would be 50. And then the next year it would drop to about 20 and then nothing after that on the, the, the renewals. And that's kind of what, what did it for me, but I, yeah, please jump <laughs> okay, in. So my first question <laughs> is like, how did world financial group even come across your radar? Like where were you in your life? That you were yeah. like, this selling insurance for an MLM sounds like a really great idea. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, so I I was a massage therapist for about 10 years. 
I was I was very young. I was like I started doing massage when I was 21. It's very hard to be a male in the massage industry because a lot of men don't want men touching them. A lot of women don't want men touching them. So I felt I was constantly having to prove myself. I wasn't good at marketing, so I wasn't able to build up like my own clientele. Uh, you're you do hair, you know how that how important that is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And we I was working at the secret massage therapist burial grounds known as Massage Envy. It's like, wait yeah. a second, but okay, you finished yeah. the statement and I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we had, um, we had an Aflac agent come in and show us all the Aflac stuff. And it was really cool, like good, good products, good policies. Uh, I researched the heck out of them because it seemed too good to be true. Uh, it, it, it was just solid stuff, but I could not afford the $10 a week that the policies would be because, you know, one week I would be booked to the gills with clients and the next week it would be crickets. And I think a lot of people don't understand that like the beauty services are like that. Like it is feast Mm -hmm. or famine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're like, Oh, it's November. It's about to get real good. And then oh, yeah. November, December, and then January, you're like, it's top ramen time again. <laughs> Yay, ramen. Uh, especially in Tucson. Like Tucson has a very real snowbird culture where people come in for the winter and then they they migrate south and then migrate north. And you know, summer would be incredibly long and hot and drawn out. And then monsoons would come and you know, once it starts raining for some reason, everybody cancels their appointments. And confirm. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I am tired of being one injury away from unemployment. I'm tired of beating the hell out of my body. I'm tired of having to prove myself in this industry. I'm, people thought I was there to get my rocks off just because I'm friendly and outgoing and or because I'm male or whatever. And like, no, I'm just there to help you get better. Like you have a, you have a a catch in your muscle. I want to uncatch it and let you like go on your merry way. And, and I, I was like, okay, this seems too good to be true. But I did like a little research when she came on, when she came back, I was like, all right, I did some research and started asking her questions about the company she closed the door to the break room and she said, all right, you're asking me really good questions. And the kind of questions you're asking me are like very insurance minded. And I'm not supposed, Affleck's not an MLM. Affleck, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you were giving me, you were giving me the, oh, here it comes face. Affleck is not an MLM. She was wondering if I wanted to come and work with Affleck. And she said, I'm not supposed to recruit from within one of my groups. Uh, a group is just a business that they sign up to get benefits under the employer. And then the employer takes the premium, the, the payment out of the paycheck, holds it before it gets taxed. So your tax liability is less. That's a whole other thing. Anyway, um, I was like, yeah, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get out of here. <laughs> hey, let's, let's talk. The district manager of Aflac was also a total scammer like like he 
made all the promises, did not fulfill them. I, I did what I could with them. Ultimately, I needed to be not just like a supplemental lines agent, but I wanted to be a full service agent. Uh, I went to go work with farmers and I spun my wheels with them for a year, realized that being a captive agent was the pits because I could only offer one single company and their life insurance was hot garbage. Uh, their claims, at least in the year that I worked with them, that's my disclaimer, at least in the year I worked with them, were about third from the bottom rated by J.D. Power and Associates. So Dang. yeah, if somebody got into a wreck, they were not going to be happy twice over, you know, bad wreck, bad claims. So I went to go be an independent agent. And I don't remember how I met the guy who recruited me into World Financial Group. I don't know if it was through my community or if it was my my then father-in-law. I don't think it was that. I don't remember how I met him. But what I was looking for was I had my own agency and I wanted to I wanted a low cost way to vet new agents and then bring them into what I did full time. I wanted to I wanted to find a way to be like, hey, these are the ropes. If you enjoy them, come on board, like all the way. Which seems like a totally legitimate thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you're like, I want to work for myself. I like mm -hmm. selling insurance. I want to help other people sell insurance and create their own businesses and things, which is yeah. an insurance thing. And it's like a totally legitimate insurance thing. Yeah. And then World Financial Group comes in and says, hey, everything you want right here on the silver platter. For the most part, yeah. Um, the guy who recruited me, uh, he's actually a really, really decent guy. Um, I, I don't know if he's even still in it, <laughs> um, but I really, I really, I really did care for him. Uh, the hardest part of leaving was him, uh, just because I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish as hell, and it's very hard to find other. Jews to hang out with because it's just it's a small community so you know any any time that that I find a another member of the tribe I'm just like, like let's let's be best friends <laughs> um I totally understand that. <laughs> yeah uh so it was very hard to leave for that but in the end once I I mean I gosh I have so many stories from inside but what oh, did yeah, it for we're me, gonna get to those. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait. I mean, what did it for me was I I had really I'm very loud and very persuasive. And I had basically said, look, I am I have five years experience in insurance. I am not going to work for you guys for 10, 15, 20%. That's that's just BS. And they actually went like higher up the chain and found a way to promote me to a higher level as if I had recruited more people. Oh, wow. So instead of like 20%, I got 35. Woo. Um, wow. Okay. Which... So you came to them and said, look, I have some experience. I'm not going to take this paltry 10% commission. I need more. And so what they did was they stacked you. <laughs> and ranked you 
so that you got to the rank where you got the 35% and they're like, is that good enough? And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That was after being with them for three or four months. I was like, yeah, this is, this is stupid. <laughs> so fast though, even like three or four months in that you're like, um, I need to be making more money. And they're like, we're going to build you a team really quick. Just wait. Well, and they didn't even build me a team. I didn't, I didn't, I had one person working under me, but they also saw that I was like, I didn't bring in that many policies because I mean, I left insurance for a reason. I'm, I, I wasn't very, I have, I have the like technical knowledge of it, but I just didn't have the uh, uh, discipline or the motivation to actually like make it work. Um, there's a lot of stuff tied in there, but it was, I, I had one person working under me, a very wonderful woman. Um, and I had a few policies that I'd written, but they, but they were big ones. I mean, they were people's retirements that I rolled over from out of, uh, out of like a, a, a variable life insurance policy where if the market would tank and, and one of them, um, he's a, a, a retired, retired Navy, I believe. Uh, he lost about half of more than half of his retirement in the 2008 recession and it started coming back. And what I did was I, I moved his retirement over from something that was directly tied into the stock market into an index fund where it would rise when the stock market goes up and stay level when the stock market goes down. If you're not a financial person, that makes absolutely no sense, but there actually is a very legal safe way that that works uh and it's not just like catching the height of the market all the time so i got i got his policy written i had a couple other i had another retirement policy that i i tied in so they were like oh yeah this guy actually like brings in the good stuff i ended up winning a cruise uh which was pretty not gonna lie that was pretty bossed uh, and that was just because they they did sales multiply like premium sales multiplied by how many people you recruited. So if you didn't bring on anybody, <laughs> that's multiplying it by zero. Uh, right, zero times anything is still zero. Yeah, yay math. That's I'm not I'm not that strong at math, but I know that one. <laughs> and yeah, I got to go on a cruise with my then now ex-wife um and it was actually it was a lot of fun hanging out with with my upline just because i really i really liked him and we got to have a lot of fun um and we're just a bunch of nerdy dorks like hanging out on a stupid cruise ship going to the caribbean i was saying like because i went on the LuLaRoe cruise and it was it was really fun and my now ex-husband and i went together <laughs> and we had a really good time like drink package and food package. I think we ate steak every night. It was ridiculous. Oh God, I love cruise food. There's a reason I'm working on losing weight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I left like two months after that. I, I looked like there was a product where, I forget which life insurance policy it was, but it was like a, a 15 year term or something like that. And I was making 35%. If I sold, that policy, that policy was 125% commission because the retention of that policy was so strong that if somebody purchased it, they were likely 
to have it for its entirety. And so they could pay me 125 on the first year premium. And right, exactly. Wow. Uh, yeah, if, okay, so this is a podcast. So you're not seeing the, what the absolute fuck face that Roberta just gave me. <laughs> They've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> They've seen it on TikTok and Instagram, I think. <laughs> so yeah, um, I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, Craig. I'm sorry, buddy. You cannot compete with 125% on your flagship product. Like this experiment has no longer is no longer viable and I have to I have to part ways. <laughs> just, just just wow. <laughs> yeah. Write write somebody for a hundred dollars in premium, get a hundred and twenty-five. I mean, that's like really good return. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm slowly getting into financials and like trying to financially educate myself now in my second half of life. And so some of the stuff you're saying, I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But dang, that's really good return. <laughs> that's, yeah. Like that's um, dang. And, and it's, and the only reason they can do that is because term life insurance usually doesn't pay out because people usually don't die in 10, 15, 25 years, you know? And that makes absolute sense. Cause like, you're like, Oh, you need this life insurance plan. I was like for only 10 years though. So I have to die within 10 years for my family to get anything. They're like, yes. I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's really just to cover, you know, a mortgage or like college fund or something like that. Like smoke. I, have like, I a love life it. Insurance policy uh, with state farm. Nice. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I was all the good nay bear because I can never remember the insurance company. And they gave us a bear one time. And it said good nay bear. And that's the only oh, reason that's so I remember. Cute. That's and then so I have to cute. do the, yeah. the song in my head to remember what Oh, yeah. We have we have a lot of fun little nicknames in the independent agent world. Um, State Farm, we call Snake Farm. Uh. I, I mean, I could see it. I've got yeah, a great agent who's super nice and has good. never been snaky ever, which I'm like, thank goodness. Um, but That's what matters the most. A good agent is everything. Like, I, I've heard stories in the non-MLM financial, my uncle used to sell insurance too. And it's just like yeah. for AAA. AAA <laughs> is good. I like AAA. They were, they were one of the companies that I offered independently. So, right. well let's let's get into these like juicy like world financial group stories like yeah how like how high up did you how long were you in and what years were these that you were in I was in there for probably probably about a year um I didn't get very high up uh <clears throat> there were two main branches of world financial group in town uh back in Tucson um what year was this probably 2014 i think probably around there 2013 2014 in that area i think the i was doing a lot of business networking i was doing because i mean you kind of have to uh i stayed away from bni because bni is its own mlm thing where network where the business owners who go there are kind of like the product rather than like the actual networking. 
Um, uh, someone on the podcast talked about BNI and I looked into it, it's like <laughs> business networking international, right? Yeah. 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 And she was like, I joined this and she's like, it was basically just a bunch of MLM huns, like meeting once a month. And, and the whole structure is almost BLM or BL, I'm sorry. I've been like looking at Bureau of land management campsites. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm trying to go mushroom foraging. And so I've been looking at a lot of national forest and BLM land. So wait a second. Um, that sounds amazing. I want to go mushroom foraging. <laughs> that sounds really cool. What a neat hobby that you have. Uh, I'm, I'm eclectic. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so, so they were doing all this BNI stuff and I was like, this is, this is dumb. Uh, I went with a lot of local to Tucson groups. Um, one of the groups that I was in, uh, there was a person I was acquaintances with and she came in one day and she said, oh, do you know this guy? I was with, I was like, no. She said, oh, he's with, he's with WFG. Uh, I wanted to sign up for it. I wanted to sign up under you, but he said he, he didn't know you and couldn't find you in the system. And I was like, oh yeah, well, I am with them. Uh, he's just on the other, he's just in the other branch and he could have found me in the system. He was just a liar. I was going to say like, it's, he should have been able to find you in the system. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, I, and that happens at the hair salon <laughs> sometimes <when laughs> someone leaves and doesn't work there anymore. And someone shows up and goes, hi, I was here last time. And, you know, Megan got my hair and they're like, Megan doesn't work here anymore, but we can take you. I'm just like, what? Like, don't. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was funny because she, I was actually kind of relieved because I didn't really want her on my team. Cause she's really, uh, I'm trying to find the diplomatic way to say this. Anything that she tried to do marketing wise just felt really sleazy. And I'm not into that. I'm all about like genuine, like, like, let's not, if I'm going to talk about numbers, we're going to talk about numbers and it's going to be straightforward. It's not going to be this emotionally loaded, like, Hey, you've done everything for all of this, your entire life. Don't let one little thing, take it all away. I just, that, that just doesn't sit right with me. Like, it's just, it's very predatory. Yeah. And, and she just like really adopted that. And and I, I can't, she like rebranded herself to be, I don't know. I'm just going to say the money maven or something like that. It just was not, it was just, it was just grody and I was not a fan of it. So I was, I was, and, and it's funny because the guy she signed up under, I actually did know. Uh, I had met him a few times and he was also really skeevy. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> skeeve attracts skeeve. Yeah, I just I could just I could just imagine how predatory selling life insurance to people would be. Yeah, truly. Truly. And you know, you say you were not and are not like that skeevy kind of person and you would rather sit down and just have like a financial discussion, but Yeah. was that skeevy like high pressure predatory sales tactics were those like pushed on you and taught to you being in World Financial Group? So skeevy sales tactics are part and parcel of any sales job. They're always trying to get you to close because 
a lot of places are more concerned about the volume that you write rather than the appropriateness of what you write, which is understandable. I mean, they have their own bottom line to look out for, but I firmly believe if you do right by the, the client, they're going to do right by you and bring you more business that you would otherwise not have. And then, you know, when you get audited down the road, you won't get destroyed. So the most, even more predatory than World Financial Group was farmers. Um, they, really? yeah, the district manager I worked under was one of the most unethical, heartless people I've ever encountered in my life. <laughs> um so we're just gonna chalk it up that like life insurance and the insurance industry is just sort of scammy and predatory in general you know not necessarily if you find a good if you find a good agent that you can trust trust them do your own research if you feel like you can't trust them talk to other agents you know there's there's you're not cheating if you go see another agent <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like if you, if you're dealing with somebody and this isn't anything, this is a hairstylist, mm -hmm. this is a dentist, this is a doctor, this is an insurance agent. Mm -hmm. If you're dealing and a therapist too, if you're dealing with somebody on a one-on-one and you don't like them, find a new person. Cause I can almost guarantee they don't like you either. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the, here's the great thing is even Reddit has insurance subreddits that you can go in and ask questions. So you can vet, like say, Hey, I was talking with my agent. This is what, these are my concerns and this is what they said. Can somebody like explain this to me or are they on the right track? Or like, like, let's find out about that. Okay, so I will find those threads and I'll put those in the show notes so that people, if they have insurance questions, um, that they have a safe yeah. place to answer them. Yeah. Get them and answered course, at least. Yeah. And of course these people aren't like their insurance agents. So, you know, you can't offer that kind of advice, but it's a good place to just double check things. Absolutely. Um, I, wow, I, I definitely <laughs> think that like second opinions and third and even fourth opinions. And sometimes you just need more than one opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you need to know if you don't know what you don't know, you need to know. And that's, that was really what I took as my job uh, when I was in insurance. I loved insurance. It was so, it was very gratifying to have a client call me and say, hey, you know, they call me on their worst day when they get into a car wreck or I had a, a client who had a rental trailer that burned down and they call you when they're scared or hurting and you're able to, to help them. And that I found that to be really gratifying. And for life insurance, it's very similar. You know, this is about when Keep somebody, yeah, when somebody, when a family loses, when a family loses a loved one and think of how many loved ones we've lost over the last year, what are we at? 500 and over 550,000 people. Like yeah, th those are families that are, that are grieving. And to just be able to say, okay, you can take a few months to grieve your bills will be covered your your payments will be covered you you can afford a funeral that that does them justice for your heart like i mean that's powerful and and to to send a bunch of amateurs out for people is just unconscionable 
because I've seen so many life insurance policies that were just jacked up and then the person gets sick. And so they're not eligible anymore. And, and there's no way to make it right. There's no way to protect them properly. So they have a meager pittance if something bad happens instead of something that'll actually be beneficial. That's, that's what frustrated me the most. I could imagine like it would weigh really heavy on my heart if I was an agent having to deal with people on their very worst days. Um, I couldn't imagine not having the right type of empathy and sympathy for people and picking this as your career. I would be a horrible doctor because I'm not (laughs) great on blood and things like that, you know? Um, So I would never be a doctor. But I could imagine there's probably people out there that really like money but aren't super empathetic and are like, oh, I'm going to be an insurance agent because I can just make a ton of money. But it's like you need certain skill sets to hold certain jobs because like you said, like it can really weigh on you. Yeah. And you need those life skills to be able to help people as opposed to just looking at them as dollar signs. Yeah. And I mean, there is something to say about, you know, anything worth doing is worth doing half-assed, right? Like a little bit of, a little bit of life insurance is better than nothing. But when you're promising that they're going to be taken care of or implying that they're going to be taken care of and they are not. And, and what's really funny is World Financial Group is really culty, but there's one other life insurance. Well, okay. There's two other life insurance MLMs out there. One of them I've had experience with. And they're not just culty. They, they are the LA fitness of life insurance groups. They are so douche bro-y. It is incredible. And I, I was actually working before I even got into insurance, I was working at Best Buy and this guy came in and was like, Hey, you looking for opportunities? I'm like, always baby. I'm not above opportunities if something if something cool is there like I want to check it out like maybe even just for the story (laughs) so he says yeah we're interviewing blah 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 and I I walk into this Primerica office and they're like okay just fill this out and they wanted my social security number I didn't even know what they did I was like, I'm here for the interview. And they're like, okay, fill this out. And I'm like, looking at everything. I'm like, cool, you can know my name. You can know my address, social security. I'm like, why do you need my social? They're like, oh, because we're going to run a FINRA check on you, make sure that you're, hey, you haven't been accused of fraud. I'm like, why are you doing that? Because we need it for the interview. And I walked out. (laughs) Why do they need that before they talk to you? They don't. They don't. Absolutely, They they don't. If you give them your social security number, then you're committed. Like that's, that's, that's all I can think about that. That's the only reason I can see why they would want to do that. I mean, FINRA, if you are going to get securities license, you are going to get FINRA to check you out. I think it's FINRA. I don't, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been in that world. Um, if you're going to get securities license, FINRA is going to check you out, make sure you haven't embezzled or committed fraud or things like that. But most of the people don't even need securities licenses. I 
made it a personal goal to never do a securities license because I do not find securities to be ethical. That's just my like, I mean, if you're if you have less than seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, I don't see a reason why you should put your entire retirement in the stock market because look what happened in 2008. Look what happened. Oh, I don't know. In 2020. <laughs> look what happened like three <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> just just throw it all in Dogecoin. I don't know. Just love looking at my, yeah, for real, right? I love looking at my stocks and being like, why is it all red? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, do I buy the dip or do I pull out and take my hit? <laughs> Oh, but I met so many Primerica people who were like, like former, like college athletes and they would have the big rings on their fingers and they would be like, and it was so funny because it wasn't just the, the, the men who were like that. It was just an entire company of toxic masculinity and toxic masculinity enablers. I mean, I feel like you just described MLM just in general, like it is just filled with toxic masculinity. Yeah. Oh, but then there's Even also... the makeup ones are filled with toxic masculinity. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta keep your husband happy. So yeah, uh, like Deanne Stidham of LuLaRoe says, you know, just get on your knees for five minutes a day. Uh, I swear that, to God, she said that. <laughs> there, I I know she said that, and there's I, I heard things like that, and I'm just like, did 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 she? <laughs> She does. Did you hear that? Did am I? Would I? Was I sleeping? Did I dream that? Did that actually just get said. Uh, so you experienced yeah. both Primerica and World World Financial. So I you never only worked... joined World Financial though. Correct. But um, you experienced the cultiness of Primerica as well. Yeah, and and I'm really I'm really good at getting competing product information because that's this is going to be an entire like crossover episode so bring it on <laughs> yeah this is flintstones meets jetsons so and you know what i think most of my listeners got that i think most of them did <laughs> i think most of us are the same age we do have some younger listeners but i believe in my statistics the majority of the people that listen to this podcast are zillennials <laughs> yes and if you if you didn't understand that this is office meets parks and rec so which never actually happened, <laughs> never happened <though>. unfortunately <laughs> would have been so good. <laughs> it would have been amazing um so i i got to look at some of primerica's product offerings they offered another mlm within their portfolio to their clients do you want to guess which one it is is it a financial one? Not quite. It's aligned, but it's not quite financial. Oh my gosh. Aligned with Primerica. Um, Legal Shield? Yes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so they offered Legal Shield policies at an inflated rate. <laughs> of course they did. Of course they did. Of course they did. Um, so Primerica offers Legal Shield at a higher rate than Legal Shield. They all offer the same term products, the same whole life products. Uh, 
I think prime the difference is Primerica doesn't offer Transamerica because Transamerica is just owns World Financial Group. Um, and I, I do want yeah, to make a and disclaimer that's a surprising here. thing too, right? Yeah. Transamerica is actually a legitimate company. They just have an MLM wing to sell their products because they don't care how their products get sold as long as they get sold. They're actually a good life insurance company. Um, yeah, I, like I have nothing... Usborn Books is an actual publishing company that publishes yeah. children's books. But yeah. you can also join their MLM leg. And the yeah. same with Beachbody. Beachbody sells an on-demand workout that is not an MLM, but they push Team Beachbody, which is the MLM portion, which sells the Shakeology and all of that too. And so that's interesting that Primerica, or uh, I'm sorry, World Financial Group is under the Transamerica mm -hmm. business name as well. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to offer securities under the MLM, it doesn't become World Financial Group. You, you work under World Financial Group and you work under Transamerica Financial Advisors or TFA. They have a bunch of other little tendrils into other names too because they want to be less Googleable. But yeah, it's there. This is like total like financial service inception. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's nuts. Um, but then there's also a PHP, which is people helping people. It's newer. I think it's, oh gosh, when that did I? That seems like the most predatory name for a company ever. I know. I, it's, yeah. Um, and every time I, I, I saw PHP, I would just think of all the, the little problems that I would have go wrong on my WordPress website. Like this .php file, I'm like, no. So they are less, they're less toxic masculinity. Uh, they are the inverse of that and our toxic positivity at PHP. Um, and what's really funny is they tried recruiting me and I, I basically called them out on it. I was like, no, I am not going to go from 125% commission to your 10% commission. And they're like, oh, but you can have people working under you and, and doing, and, and you could earn it residually. I'm like, I can hire my own agents and train them and give them 85% commission. And I can get that 30, that, that 35% override or that 30% override. Like what is in it for me? Well, you have this beautiful office. I don't, I don't want to see you. I don't want to see. <laughs> and I had a friend join them and I was like, Hey, just so you know, like, this is what, this is what you're like looking at. And she, Oh God, she's, a wonderful, incredibly talented young lady. Um, I met her in the modeling and photography world, and she is an excellent pianist. Uh, she has the most, she's just a really genuinely awesome person. Like she's one of those people you like get near and you're like, oh, I feel better. And she joined them and it was just, I said, Hey, this is, this is what's going on. Like, just watch your back. Like, just be careful. And she just blew it off. I don't, I don't know what happened. I haven't asked because I don't want to, I don't want to be that person because 
I, I've already established she's not going to listen to me. Yeah. Emma uh, Lums loves to take those kinds of people mm-hmm. in and chew them up. Yeah. And mold them to be, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's, it's so funny because like every single person I talk to when they talk about their upline or they talk about like their their cross line or their downline or whatever they want to call it, you know the people around them in the pyramid they're always like they were such really really great people they were mm-hmm. really nice people I, I really respected them they were really good you know and I, it really goes to show that like these are scams and they mm-hmm. prey upon just normal good people yeah you know, the people I'm talking to, I mean, very rarely is it like she was a monster. She was a total recruiter. She was a monster. She knew exactly what she was doing and she scammed me, you know, sometimes, but for the most part, it's people that are like, I trusted them because they were my friend or they were a really good person or it's, you know, it's a lot of really good people thinking that they're doing good for other good people. And the whole reason for this podcast is to expose that for what it really is. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really hard because we want to be around good people. We want to be around people that make us feel good. And when you see that genuine, like happiness in somebody to see you and be around you, and then, and then through no fault of their own, because they've been co-opted because they've been scammed themselves, you know, it's victims, victimizing victims. And, and it's, it's so hard because these are people who are are good they're inherently decent people who are being manipulated by i don't even want to say predators because we've said that word so much you know but they're they're being manipulated by abusers and it's it's really heartbreaking because i would i was at a, a wfg weekly meeting and I had a friend who I hadn't seen in a few years, five years show up because her husband worked at, her husband worked at a very large employer uh, in Tucson. Um, let's just say it rhymes with Haytheon. And okay. his employer was, his, his coworker was at WFG and, and he said, hey, come check this out. And they showed up and they were like, oh, hey, you know, it was really fun catching up with them. But at the end of the meeting, they were like, yeah, this is just not like we're not interested in it. And I was like, yeah, it's really not for everyone. Like, I understand. Like, I, I don't like we go back a long way. Like, we could always be honest with each other. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's probably not a fit for you. Like, I get that. And that's that the only reason that I could do a good job when I was there was because we're just offering the same products that any other insurance agent could just at the exact same price that any other agent could. We just got compensated. So I don't know if you guys heard about what happened at that boutique in Michigan where the owner sent the email to the woman that wanted to work there on accident, letting her know that she wasn't that cute. Anyway, it went around TikTok a couple weeks ago, especially if you are a former hun who is getting out and going legit. I love it. I absolutely love it. 
I support so many former Hun businesses. It's seriously one of my favorite things to do. So when I heard that these people were still behaving in this manner, it really upset me. I know they didn't mean to be that way. And I know that nobody's perfect. I myself included am definitely not. But like I said, it made me sad. And so I want to give you guys the opportunity to shop two other Michigan boutiques that are run by former LuLaRoe Huns who have left the cult and have gone legit and who I have shopped with and who are both amazing women. The first is my girl, Adrienne. She runs a boutique in Kalamazoo, Michigan called Adrienne's Boutique. She's seriously awesome. I love all of her stuff. She's very snarky. She tells it how it is. Um, She's brilliant. She's hilarious. I absolutely love her. I have been shopping with her for years and I love everything about her. She's just such a great friend. She has helped me and the other members of Defector Support on countless investigations and her insight is always welcome and she's just really wonderful. So if you want to support somebody like that, please check out her boutique. She's on Facebook, Adrienne's Boutique. I will also link that in the show notes. I don't know if you guys saw my TikTok about the coffee mug that like tumbled out of my hands and didn't spill. That's from Adrienne's Boutique. That black lacy tank top that I wear all the time that every single one of you asks me where I got it from. Adrienne's Boutique. Uh, Just really great stuff. So 100% approved, recommended. I am not even being paid to do this. I just wanted to give you options of other Michigan boutiques from former LuLaRoe Huns to support. The second is my friend Lisa Marie. She started her boutique four years ago when she left LuLaRoe, and she's a one-woman show in Chesterfield, Michigan. She is also very size-inclusive in her boutique, super good quality, amazing customer service. I have a package coming on the way, and when it shows up, I will show you all of the cute stuff I got. You can find her on Facebook as well, and her boutique is called Lily's Boutique. I will link the information to both of these boutiques in the show notes so you guys can support them. I love these women. They are hardworking. They are legitimate business owners. They are anti-MLM. And I think you're going to love all of what they have to offer. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. 
That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the flow knit high rise boyfriend jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton medal, scoop neck tee, and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect, effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly, nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy, and it's all about getting as many people as possible to, that's right, register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well, sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but they're still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts Registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org forward slash Spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash Spotify. See you at the polls. I do have another story about how I met a friend. Yeah, let's hear it. I love you. <laughs> I went to, I saw a job, a job, like group interview. Uh, and I'm sure you know exactly like what it looked like. Like, like, you know, this is hourly, blah, 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 work, et cetera. And we're like, cool. Went to this group interview. If I wasn't married yet, it was around the time I got married. Um, so somewhere between 2011 to 2013, somewhere in that range, I think it was a big Herbalife presentation, big Herbalife presentation. It was, and, and (laughs) I was sitting there with this, this, uh, young lady and she and I are not so young now, (laughs) but, uh, I was sitting there with her and we were just we were just ribbing everything that they were saying. We're like, this is obviously a scam. This is obviously just, just the bullest of bullshit. Like this is, this is useless. Our time is being wasted here. So let's just, let's just have fun. Yeah, platitudinous bullshit. 
yeah. So we started like asking questions that were like, that they didn't want to like, we're like, oh yeah, how much do people usually make? Oh, what's the hourly rate? <laughs> Things like that. And they were just asking like- the really hard questions. <laughs> yes, and they kept dancing around it. And we were just laughing, just having a good time with this. And we ended up like, like we still talk occasionally. Um, yeah. What was it like sitting in that Herbalife recruiting party? It was painful. I was so pissed because I thought it was a job interview. I wanted a job. I wanted steady hours where I knew what I was going to be doing. And I knew about how much I was going to make every week, every two weeks, twice a month. I don't know, just whatever the pay schedule was going to be. I just wanted a freaking job. And they wanted me to sell toxic, tasteless, chalky hard pass did they have like the loud music and the lights and like balloons and all of that too or was it they didn't just... have they didn't have balloons this was tucson so you know the cost of living's a little <laughs> balloons are out of the budget for the herbalife meeting <laughs> <laughs> uh and and i would make a tumbleweed joke but that's more of a new mexico kind of thing um hey we have tumbleweeds here too in southern california <laughs> i know arizona just no, they're they're in like not around Tucson. They're outside of the Sonoran Desert. Um, they're more like Mojave Desert, I think. Don't quote me on that. Botanist. Yeah, that's my desert, Mojave. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm on the side. I'm on this side of the Mojave <laughs> Desert. Yeah. We were Sonoran Desert, uh, which I have a lot of beautiful things to say about. I love the Sonoran Desert. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was it was in the boonies of town in this industrial park area, uh, and it was. It was just obvious crap. And we just, we actually, like, as soon as they wrapped up, we just walked outside and just talked for like a half hour or something and awkwardly gave each other, each other's numbers because. You're like, hey, do you want to be my new making fun of Herbalife BFF? And she's like, absolutely. Yes, exactly. And I actually, inv she actually, it was really funny. She actually interviewed at Farmers as well and didn't want the job because she saw that it was predatory, but she was interested in insurance. So I actually brought her in and she took a look at the stuff at World Financial Group. Um, and and it wasn't a fit for her because it was an MLM. Yeah. So it, while you were with World Financial Group, like how hard yeah. was recruiting pushed on you? Oh, oh, immensely hard. The weekly meetings were to bring possible recruits and to show them the opportunity. Um, it recruiting is their lifeblood they don't make money off recruiting they make more policies off recruiting um and the reason i say they don't make more money off recruiting is because they have no way to um all of the onboarding processes that cost money are just through the boards of insurance um you know, you, you can, I don't, th I don't think they even have like leads programs or something like that to purchase into. It's been a while and I just, I don't remember a lot of those details, but they needed recruits because the more recruits you have, the more policies you sell. Uh, I think their errors and emissions insurance was tied into World Financial Group and you paid into that. So I I'm sure they're making money off the errors and emissions insurance 
errors and emissions insurance is just if you sell somebody a policy and you make a promise that the company can't uphold and the person sues you, your errors and emissions takes over. Um, so what was the way that you made money off of having, like, did you make any money off of having a team? Like, did you make a percentage of like the policies that they sold as well? Yes. So when you recruit, you bump up a level and you get the override. This is actually common in all insurance industries. Um, so this is not, the actual override structure sounds scammy when you compare it to other MLMs because it's the exact same thing. But in the insurance industry, it's, it's, it's normal. Uh, and the reason that it's normal in the insurance industry is because you have a brick and mortar building. You have the cost of running an agency. You have, you know, paper and copiers and internet and, you know, you have capital and overhead and things like that that have to run. So when you bring on an agent, they get a lower commission than the principal agent and the principal agent gets the override. So the override, so if they come on at 10% and, and I don't, I don't remember if it was 10 or 15 to start at, um, I'm just going with 10 because it's an easy number. So if they come on at 10% and your level is at 25%, if they write a $100 policy, they get $10. That's their portion of it. And then you get 15 because 10 plus 15 is 25. So your override is the difference between your percentage and their percentage. Oh, wow. That's yeah. interesting. So you're still only getting 10%, but you're getting 25 because you're getting an additional 15 off of them. So the insurance company, so confusing. The, okay. The insurance company will pay out 25, will pay out the commission at the highest rate of the line that wrote it. So if the highest rate of the line that wrote it is 25%, they're going to pay out 25%. The first 10% will go toward the first agent, and then the remaining 15 will go towards their supervisor. Okay, all right. Wow. So now, is it that way in a traditional non MLM insurance situation as well? Yes. So when I was, when I went fully independent, if I had written that 125% commission and I had somebody working under me who was at 85 or, yeah, 85% they would get 85% of the commission that they wrote and I would get that extra 30 um, because there are expenses being a principal agent. You know, you have to, you principal agents usually pay for their agents, errors and emissions insurance. It usually pays for a bunch of other things, continuing education, um, licensing, all that, all that jazz that, that goes on. So as someone who worked in both an MLM insurance and a legitimate insurance company, what were the main differences that you saw between the two? Insurance agents don't go into insurance to recruit. Insurance agents like to match, and by and large, insurance agents are, are good people. Like, they want to match the right client with the right policy because that's that's what makes clients happy and that's what makes us happy you know we're insurance agents are people too some of us and 
we want people to be matched with a good policy and we want to make sure we're not going to get our butts sued off with errors and emissions, you know, when something bad does happen because something bad will happen. Like it's a matter of time. You will have a car wreck. You will have a fire. You will have a death. And you need to, if you don't write the, a policy that's going to protect them properly, that's, that's the moment of truth. And it will come down on you hard. And I mean, you can just Google, just type in class action lawsuit insurance and you'll find so many fun things. Um, not quite as fun as Monet, but you know. Um, another one of the things like, and it sort of kind of goes in like this class action. Their uh, World Financial Group has had a lot of regulatory issues. Yes, they have. <laughs> I can only imagine what's been recent. Um, I, I haven't seen anything about them since I left in 13 or 14 or whatever. It's um, hard to keep amateurs in line. Yeah. In October of 2014, which would have been like right after you left world financial group was fined $700,000 by FINRA for failing to supervise registered reps in Dallas. This so is my surprised face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Texas Board of Insurance is a mess too. That's the problem. Like you have amateurs going out selling these policies that are designed to help people in specific ways and they don't fit. You have funeral policies. You have like a, a program. They had like their, for a while, their big thing was like a funeral concierge. Like you sign up and they'll handle all the like, nitty gritty unpleasant things that happen after somebody dies personally i did not like that service and it's not even because i think it's not good to talk about every time i've lost somebody participating in that final process has helped me get closure my tradition uh uh where we come from is that we help bury our dead. Like our funerals, the joke that I tell people is don't wear nice shoes to a Jewish funeral. I'm uh, familiar with like sitting Shiva and things like that, but yeah. I've never been to a junior Jewish funeral, but I do understand the whole sitting Shiva with the body. Yeah. Which is uh, an interesting cultural thing, I thought. Yeah, I've done that. I, I did that for my grandma. Uh, I sat, well, oh. that, sitting Shiva is different. Um, uh, the 24 hours before they're buried, you sit with the body just because the, I want to say this in a way that won't incite people to say things. I want to try to be as little controversial as possible. Um, the, the idea is that the soul is still attached to the body and is, is confused and scared. So until you bury the body, it's somebody has to be near it to help comfort that soul. So you sit there, you sing psalms, you sing songs, you just be present is, is what it's about. I think um, that is so beautiful. I, I love it. And I love it because when you lose somebody, it's scary to think that they're suddenly gone. But you know that somebody who cares, even just about the community, even if they didn't know them directly, is there with that person um and it's it's 
it's, it, I don't know. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, I completely I agree. Forget what that's called. Um, because it's been a very long week and, uh, sitting Shiva is the morning period afterwards, but at the actual funeral, the tradition is to help pick up a shovel. The first scoop is upside down because you don't want to seem eager to bury them, but that you will do it anyway. And then you help shovel and then you put the shovel back in the ground and then the next person picks it up. You don't hand the shovel off because then you're, you're showing that you want them to be buried faster. Uh, that's the theory um, or the idea. Uh, and everybody participates in their, in their way. I mean, of course, not every synagogue does it. Every, every community is different. Uh, sometimes local ordinances prevent that from happening. Um, but yeah, I've, for somebody who's been in an MLM, I've helped, I've helped bury a lot of bodies. Uh, yeah, I, that is so beautiful. And, and that's another thing like that happens on this podcast that I mm -hmm. didn't ever expect was meeting such beautiful people with beautiful stories, yeah. beautiful cultures and ethnicities and backgrounds and getting to connect. You know, I'm not Jewish, although my Jewish friends have told me that I'm honorarily Jewish and they call me <laughs> Bubby sometimes because I'm like, are you starving? Come on, have some food. And they're like, Roberta, really stop feeding us. Um, but when my father passed away, like I was there with him, I, I held his hand as he took his last breath. Mm -hmm. And then he was in, in our home um, for about 24 hours before we had mm -hmm. the coroner take him away because I mean we kind of did this whole sitting shiva thing without actually being Jewish and doing mm -hmm. it but we had a lot of family members come that day yeah. and come and have their time with my dad and say goodbye and um, it was really hard um, mm -hmm. but it was very beautiful and mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for that day um, because it was a really really beautiful way to say goodbye to somebody who <laughs> who didn't want to have a funeral or a service or anything anyway. Yeah. And so it was a really nice way to, um, to pay tribute to my father um, and let him go in a way that he wanted to go. I'm really glad you had that. That's that, that matters a lot. And, and that's really why I wasn't into selling the funeral concierge is because the things people learn when they're dealing with that is something that they need to take to their own families. It's something that going through that process to honor the people that you care about, that work, that sweat, those tears, the uncertainty, the wondering how you're going to make it happen if you don't have the means to do it that's closure that that's the hard work because we i mean closure isn't something that happens to you something closure is something you make you have to create it it, it just like life death is a participation sport everybody that you, that is part of that family needs to participate and and the concierge i mean a it wasn't that great of a service it was overpriced you can just go to a funeral home and buy the exact same thing at a third of the price and actually meet the people who are going to be doing it that's an excellent tip by the yeah. way <laughs> oh i highly recommend doing that like yeah um yeah man just like the i mean it goes right into this but like the the preying upon the elderly 
who are either too old to understand or maybe not comprehending completely. Um, on top of what I said about them having to be fined by FINRA, um, <laughs> here's one that goes right along with what we're talking about. And this Ooh. is, it, it says that it's, this is predatory. And it was so predatory that it was an issue that had to be handled. But in December of 2006, so before you were ever apart, um, WGS, which is World Group Securities, and one of its <laughs> brokers were fined $150,000 by Missouri's Commissioner of Securities for selling unsuitable products to elderly people. Other cases of private arbitration where variable annuities were allegedly sold to people too old to realize any benefit before they died. Mm -hmm. That's that's the other. So do you remember when I said my moral compass does not work with securities? Securities yeah. is variable products. They will go up and then they will disappear. They are ethereal. In the 60s, in even in the 80s, it was a completely different story. We do not have that economy. Now, those are tied to products with computerized algorithms that do the deciding instead of people. And it will wipe you out in the blink of an eye if something bad happens. Um, and that also is exactly why I don't believe amateurs should be selling these products. Like, if there are so many checks and balances on selling annuities. It takes, if you're selling a variable annuity to somebody who's not going to realize those benefits, you are actively breaking the law. That's not even an amateur move. That is a predatory person who knows what they're doing and knows how to lie on the forms that they're filling out because that is that is over overseen by i believe it's overseen by the the sec the securities and exchange commission and every year for i believe it's for every state but i know it's at least for arizona every year you have to take an anti-money laundering course and a lot of it covers fraud and those variable annuities are not money laundering but lying is part of the anti-money laundering course and those guys are the scum <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've been doing a series on TikTok called MLMs that have closed down. <laughs> I think we're up to part six right now. It's Ooh. insane. I mean, I can only do 60 seconds at a time, so I can only do so much. And I talk. You might lot, actually so. be convincing me to join TikTok. <laughs> it's <really fun>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm totally like the grandma on there, but like, I don't even care. Um, and I did, you know, people will then comment and go, well, what about this one and this one and this one? And there's just we have discovered so many MLMs that I never even heard of, but so many of them were closed due to fraud. And one mm -hmm. was even closed due to money laundering. And it's like, what? <laughs> so the new, the new hustle is no longer uh, a fried chicken joint to launder your money. It's an MLM. No, no so, most players are on us here. Anyway. Exactly. No. Tell Walter White. We are not selling chicken nuggets. <laughs> we are, uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're selling we're, opportunities. We're selling dreams and opportunities. Yeah. That sounds like a dealer anyway. <laughs> hey, buddy, you want an opportunity? Um, <laughs> there's, there's no blue meth here. Just opportunity. <laughs> so do you remember how I said I was a physical therapist assistant student? Yes, so yes. I, yes. Um, so I've had a couple clinical rotations now. 
and one of my rotations uh <laughs> i can't believe this happened this day this age this era in my life i i was at this clinic and they they had me work with this patient um you get a haircut <laughs> because you're gonna be on a facebook live and you need to look good that's a write-off <laughs> Go to karaoke, run up a $250 tab. That's a write-off. And so, like, I got everyone in the clinic to, like... I just, I don't even know what I would do if I was in the situation <laughs> where I was performing a service on someone, like, doing their hair or something, and they're, like, and the person sitting in the chair is, like, hey, do you like leggings? I'd be, like, what is happening right now? <laughs> oh, my I, gosh. I kind of felt bad just for like shutting him down so hard, but I'm, I'm not there to, I'm going to be friendly and I'm going to, I'm going to build connections and bonds with my patients because that's something that you do when you're in that kind of industry. And, and it's something that everybody enjoys. One of the things that we love in, you know, being, being in this industry is connecting with people and, and, doing our best to help them progress to regain or maintain as much function as they have like that's that's what we want to do and it's all of our it's our passion and that's why we do it and then to be told like hey why don't you leave the thing that you want that you love for a one percent chance of making something livable like it's just the only phrase that I can think of is with all due respect, eat my entire ass, not just a little bit, the entirety of oh. the moon, <laughs> just all of it. Just I'm definitely gonna have to put explicit on this podcast now. I am sorry. <laughs> I am I am You know what? It's great. Like whatever. I don't even care. <laughs> all right, I'm unsorry. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry for being yourself. We're, we're authentic and we're real and we're telling our story. And sometimes there's curse words and sometimes you tell people to eat your ass. Uh, yeah. So that is. So that's your story. I <laughs> like, mean, for incredible. the most part, I, that's as much of as much. Yeah. I, I remember when I left WFG, um, you know, it was very heartfelt. I, I was, and they never, they actually didn't do the, the ice you out thing because I was with a, a, a branch that was actually like good people you know i still have a couple of them on my friends list i don't interact with them but there's no animosity uh my upline and i will still occasionally check in with each other just to see how we're doing um we'll wish each other uh some happy holidays that non-jews don't realize exist um you know things like that like like we're still part of the same community and I'm no longer in the same city as him. But if he called me and he was like, Hey, I need a minion for cottage for one of my family members, I'd be there. And, and he would be there for me too. Um, so there's no animosity there. That's good. And I'm really lucky for that. Yeah. Cause that, yeah. that's not something that the other branch would have. That's not something that other people have the luxury of having. Um, and I told him, like, I, I, I sat down with him, we got lunch and I said, Hey, I have to leave. Like I, this is not a sustainable business practice for me. I wrote more than anybody else on the team. And that was only through like two or three policies, like two or three big things. And I was like, I just, 
this isn't this isn't the right fit for me and i i can make more and i need to because you know i have i have to do what's right for me and he understood he said yeah i get that like that's you know i i did what we could to bump up your commission and it just i understand it wasn't enough like you got to take care of what you got to take care of and that was it i was stupid that's lucky yeah, like you're so lucky. You had a really good upline um, who is still, you know, not a friend, but like someone you can count on, someone that yeah. you, you know, you reach out to and say, you know, happy Yom Kippur yeah. or happy yeah. Rosh Hashanah or something like that. Yeah. Say, hey, you too. I could, I could say Chag Sameach, which is just the Hebrew general happy holidays, like happy whatever, whatever this holiday is, whether it's Shavuot or Simchat Torah or Purim. That's my favorite one. I love Forum's Forum. my favorite Jewish holiday because hamantash and cookies are my yes. life. <laughs> uh, oh, God, I love hamantash so much. It's not even right. There's I this made... delicious uh, Jewish deli slash bakery here in San Diego called DZ Akins. Oh, yes. And, and I'm not I'm not usually ever in that area. But when I am, we mm -hmm. will stop and we go right to the bakery counter and we spend roughly $50 on commentation yeah. and like uh florentines and like all of these <laughs> ridiculous i love that so good. we actually my girlfriend did a rotation in san diego so we had about 10 months in in san diego and, and then you know i love it um apricot and raspberry commentation if anybody wants to send them to me <laughs> And I will say apricot is like the OG, like that is the Ashkenazi treat of Purim. Like the had other one like that... a Nutella one, one time that was like, what? I love Nutella commentation, but I only love one a season. Like after that, it's just like, okay, that was good, but any more and it's just not as good. My favorite is the poppy seed. I love, love the poppy seed. That is my least favorite one. <laughs> That's understandable. It is not, it is not made for the American palate. You're like, uh, I was raised on these. It's like Vegemite. <laughs> like, yeah, this it's is just, what I ate and this is that, why I like it. That blend of bitter and sweet is just not, it's not for everybody. Uh, my, my girlfriend hates them. I, I will absolutely destroy my entire body on a box of those but if you really i'll have to i'll have to look up this deli uh and i'll send it to you after we talk um but there is around hanukkah because hanukkah is all about oil we fry everything and there's a traditional dessert sufganiyot which are jelly filled donuts and something about like boutique delis like jewish delis or even just small delicatessens that aren't focused on donuts making donuts seasonally makes them so much just richer and i had the best sufganiyot in san diego i'll have to send you where i got them from they uh yeah <sighs> i'm like my mouth is literally watering right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm gaining like weight jewish back. jewish desserts are like my kryptonite you know, just, I'm like, yeah. eat it, eat what you want, wear the bikini, eat what you want, have the second yeah. cookie. As long do as you're it. not harming yourself or others, then just yeah. do what you want to do. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I was very lucky to have, to have that experience. Um, 
and and now what you're doing you're in school you're you're it, it goes back to the the massage therapy that you liked it goes back mm-hmm. to the helping people in the insurance mm-hmm. that you liked and you sort of have found this <laughs> but not like, people helping people right not people helping people <laughs> 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 but you've sort of found this like really great amalgamation of all of the things from all the jobs you had that you like the most in one job. So far, we'll see if it works out, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it will. I'm not, yeah, I'm not hedging great. any bets. That's, that's amazing. I love that. I love hearing people like thriving after multi-level marketing. So that makes me so happy to hear that you are thriving, Eddie. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. And yeah, I'm really lucky to have that experience that I had of, of not not getting iced out by my upline and everybody else. So, well, at the very end, we like to do rapid fire questions that usually are never rapid ever, but we'll try our best. Um, so, Eddie, what is one word that encompasses how you feel about MLM? One word. I have to boil it down to one word. Schadenfreude. Oh my God, that's one of my favorite words. Did we just become best friends? I guess so. Uh, MLMs take joy in watching you fail and you can take joy in watching them fold as they get their pants sued off. I do have quite a bit of schadenfreude watching LuLaRoe um, tiptoe around all of the things that they've done to people. It's glorious. It's a thing of beauty. Uh one just a warning to anybody that would want to join an MLM what's one warning that you would give them it's not hard to do but it takes a little legwork find the people who left and talk to them find out why if you still think it's a fit you'll be that much stronger for it and if you think it's not a fit after that then you've just dodged a bullet but that is the best second opinion to get. Just like talking to any disgruntled employee, you can talk to them and discern whether their disgruntledness is of their own fault or somebody else's fault. And yeah, find a former, find a former Hanbot. That's a a really, really great piece of advice. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? That's so hard to answer because like worst for like the world at large or worst for building up people's dreams or <sighs> so we moved to Seattle. You're getting a tangential story. Deal with it. Uh, <laughs> we moved to Seattle in November of 2019. In February of 2020, some stuff happened and the entire world shut down. We hadn't been here long enough to really get a community. And once things started like easing up out here because Western Washington really did a lot of things right. Uh, Everybody masked up, everybody kept their distance. So even even though the numbers were bad, you could still go shopping and you could talk to people a little bit and it was okay. You could make plans to go outside and and you could you could socialize responsibly uh my girlfriend she, i can't i can't say enough great things about her she 
she is a travel nurse. She worked the COVID floor at Harborview a number of times. Uh, she was floated there. And it, it's really funny because she said that it was one of her favorite floors to work because you at least knew who was sick. And they actually gave you the right PPE for those cases. Um, she's really she's really incredibly humble about what she does, which I don't know if I would have the strength to do that. But but it's it's been hard for us to make friends out here because we just haven't had the opportunity to go out and socialize. And we were at the supermarket and I was doing my I, I had gotten stuck talking to somebody about these people were looking at a brisket and they were like talking loudly about whether they wanted to buy it or not. And but they didn't have a recipe for it. And I was like, hey, I have a recipe for it. My pal gave me this great Argentinian recipe and I've tried it and it's amazing. So like, I can give it to you if you want. So my girlfriend went down the bread aisle and she was talking, she ended up talking to this one woman and they were talking about what they like to do. And uh, they were, they're both looking for people to go kayaking with. Uh, I enjoy kayaking. I'm a little, I think I'm a little terrified of the inflatable kayak we have. Again, she's a travel nurse, so we pack up and move a lot. So we're not going to, we're not going to schlep a mother loving kayak around, you know, inflatable. It's about the size of a suitcase. Uh, I'd also gained a lot of weight. So getting into that kayak felt really unstable for me. Um, so she's been looking for a kayaking buddy and they were talking about that and she's like yeah i would love to go kayaking with you and you know we're just like i go into the bread aisle and she's having this great conversation with this person like yay cool fantastic and we start talking about what we do and she's like oh i work in finance if you work in finance and you're not in new york you don't work in finance if you work in insurance and do financial services, you say, oh, I do financial services or insurance. If you work in, I don't know, financial litigation, you say you're a lawyer or something like that. I don't like nobody in the industry says I do finance. They exchange numbers. They start texting. We leave. And I'm like, I'm like, she works with Amway. <laughs> and she's like, how do you know? I was like, she works with Amway, just wait. And sure enough, like a few weeks later, yeah, I work with Amway. You should come check us out. I can't believe she dropped the lead that fast because they normally don't. But uh, yeah, just to have, to have like somebody come in and just like be a friend and then not is so freaking rude. But I think the absolute worst MLM, I'm going to go with Avon. I'm going to go with the OG MLM that started it all, Big Mama Avon, who I just imagine Avon as like the alien queen and aliens dropping all these MLM baby eggs for the wayfaring space, space, like space travelers to like pick up the little chest bursters and like destroy their ships. Yeah, you know, a lot of those old businesses that you know were first originally direct sales companies and then became MLMs really, really legitimized MLM as direct sales. And it's not, it's not the same thing. Um, it's sort of taken its name and claims that it's direct sales and it's not. But yeah, those old ones, I would say Avon, Amway, uh, New Skin, 
Those are those the big baddies that have been around for a long time that have legitimized this scam for yeah. 40 plus years. Yeah. And oh, that just reminded me of I used to network with this woman who did ACN. Uh. And I have Melaleuca. I know I remember them. And Juice Plus. And oh, what was the other one? Uh oh god, it had the worst spelling. Um Shackley. Shakely. Shakely. She Shakely. pronounced it Shackley. Or maybe I don't know. I think it's Shakely. I don't know. That's a I, that's a, an original big baddie yeah. too. They were one of the very, very first. Yeah. And uh Purium. If you remember them, yes. they're I can't pronounce them because it looks too much like Purim. And then I want to drink and eat cookies. Yeah, I've I've encountered a lot of them, and most of them did not try to recruit me, A, because I'm not a woman, so I'm not their demographic. Um, and B, I, I just have resting, don't fuck with me MLM face. <laughs> you were so funny. Oh man, this has been so fun. Okay. The hardest yes. lesson that you learned while in MLM. Even if you know their game, even if you want to play their game on your rules it's still their game and they're still going to beat you at it <laughs> yeah that's wow okay um and then lastly the positive takeaway that you have from your time in mlm that you maybe still use or utilize huh. i know i ask really tough questions <laughs> no i like that one it's just it reinforced a lot of things for me um just advocate for yourself if you advocate for yourself and do what's right for yourself you're gonna you're gonna end up not on top because on top is not where everybody belongs on top is a construct you're if you if you advocate for yourself in an ethical way you're gonna end up part of a community and you're going to be a lot happier because you're going to be able to give to yourself and give to others and receive from others and and being able to to participate in that giving and taking is just it's a beautiful thing and not enough people are able to do that i you you are just such a beautiful soul like i just i had so much fun <laughs> talking to you and connecting with you and learning about you um again, it's like these, these things that happen in the podcast that I never expected going into this. I'm like, I want to talk to survivors, but like meeting such, such beautiful, genuine, wonderful people who have such wonderful, amazing advice to give and insight to share. And so I just wanted to thank you again, Eddie. Um, this is maybe one of my favorite interviews. It was really fun. Oh, shucks. Thank you. I'm so glad that we connected on Instagram and I'm so glad that you were open to having me on. And, and I think that's the really fun thing about talking to MLM survivors is like we talked about earlier, it, they look for the good people. So when you find the survivors, like you have an automatic pool of good people. It's, it's rad. It's super rad, right? <laughs> and it's like an automatic good pool of good people that don't want to deal with your bullshit. Yeah. And can see it coming. And it's, it's just, I love, I love being on this side of MLM. I love the anti-MLM community. I love the people that I meet. I love the survivors that I get to talk to. And um, 
this podcast has already changed my life and is so rewarding. And so I just, I always want to thank my guests for even allowing me to talk to you and share your story with, with everybody else. I appreciate that. Thank you for, thank you for making this podcast. It's a, it's a voice that a lot of people don't have and all these different perspectives, uh, as you already know, help, help a lot of people out. Um, and, and it really helps people find, find their way. I think so too. I really do. Um, it's, we've created a lot of change already. I think we're over, I think we're like almost 55,000 downloads at this point, which is insane to me. It's like a number I never thought I would see on any social, anything that I had. Um, and so that's really incredible. And, uh, we've helped people leave their pot, their, their podcasts. We've helped people leave their MLMs. <laughs> Some people do need to leave their podcasts. <laughs> Joe Rogan, I'm looking at you. <laughs> we've helped people leave their MLMs. We've had, we've had people message me and say, Oh my God, I almost joined one of these. Like I literally had the first job interview last week. And then I found your podcast and your TikTok, and I'm going to ghost them on the second interview. And I was like, you do that. And it's been really great. And so like, we really are educating and we really are changing and we're saving people mm-hmm. from what you and I had to experience. Yeah. And so it's, it's it's really rewarding. It's so disheartening to see like everything that you thought you were working for suddenly not be there. And it never was. It was, it was a lie that you were told that you told yourself and then it's just gone. Yeah. And, and even that realization has come up a lot in the, in the MLMs that have closed series because people will comment and they're like, well, what happens to the people that had the business? And I was like, they're shut out of luck. What do you think? Like, yeah. but I thought it was their business. And I was like, but it's not. And here's the proof. The people in Leah Sophia, they were screwed. <laughs> the people in Tyra Beauty, they were screwed. Mm-hmm. Like they just woke up to an email that said, sorry, we don't need you anymore. If it's not, if it's not your ink that makes the check valid, it's not your business. That's a great, a great way of putting it. Yeah, it's awesome. Roberta, thank you so much. This was such a joy. Making I agree. I had a me. wonderful time. Thank <laughs> you so much. I know I love to make faces. Um, I had such a great time even just talking like brisket and hamantaschen. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have some recipes to send you, I guess. Uh, uh, 100%. And if I have any like weird Danish recipes that you really want to try, I'll send them to you too. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, friends for life now, like for sure. That's how it goes. <laughs> Trauma awesome. bonding. Trauma bonding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.